Are you part of a tribe or a community? Oh, that's all good. But I'm going to tell you a secret today on today's podcast, the secret of what a church should be doing besides giving you good friends. You were made for more than the status quo. I'm Pastor Steve Gray, and this is the More Faith, More Life podcast. This podcast is for Christians with an ambitious heart who want to be more for their family, do more with their career, and see more of God's promises in their life. I've spent many years as a worship artist, minister, nonprofit leader, bold truth speaker, and most importantly, father and spouse. When I was in my early 40s, I was craving more, more from God and more from life. I'd done everything I was supposed to do. My life was good, but it wasn't good enough. So I spent the following years diving into the Word of God and searching for the biblical principles that would bring me closer to God and help my purpose and life flourish. That's what I want to share with you. In every episode, you'll get practical tools based on real life experiences that you can put into action to redefine your faith and ultimately your life. So. If you're ready to do more, subscribe to More Faith, More Life, and hear an unfiltered biblical truth every week. It's time to be and experience more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another More Faith, More Life podcast. So glad we could be together talking about different subjects that are important to you that you're not going to hear everywhere, especially if you lean towards some religious broadcasters and you listen to different teachings and things like that. You're going to hear stuff here on here on More Faith, More Life that you don't hear everywhere else. In fact, to be transparent about it, that's over the years become one of my trademarks. I was uh, talking to a book publisher the other day, and uh, I said, you know, I'm hoping this book, working on a couple of books, and I said, I hope this book doesn't sound like everybody else or just this way or that way. And he stopped me. He'd read other books. He said, no, there is no way, no way that you are going to sound like everybody else. You've always had a way of saying things that, you, that, that you're not going to get anyplace else. And so that was encouraging, and I want to encourage you that direction too. And keep that in mind too on uh, our website, morefaithmorelife.com. Uh, you can even consider a donation. I'm, I'm not a big money raiser. Uh, as you can tell, we hardly ever mention, well, never hardly on any, maybe once. But uh, I'm not a big money raiser. I don't talk about money even. I've uh, been in church services where I'm the speaker or I'm supposed to, you know, collect and do the offering time. And I get so busy thinking about my sermon, I, I forgot totally to do an offering. And, you know, I'll be done. I'm ready to leave the podium and go sit down. Like then they wait, oh, you didn't do an offering. And, of course, they mean that. Uh, positively because, you know, they want to keep the church going and do all the things the church does, but I just forget. So I just want to do that up front. You're going to get things here that if you do this on a regular basis, which I hope you will, and you'll tell your friends to, you're going to get things about life. You're going to get things about religion, both those two things, faith, life, religion, church. Uh, I, I tend to, oftentimes I tend to tell uh, Secrets, you know, company secrets, uh, uh, you know, religious secrets that nobody else talks about. And so you'll know to where I can talk to you about uh, uh, money and how the religious system is run just like every other system. It's run by money and power, people wanting power, people wanting money. And uh, so, you know, you'll learn that and I'll tell you about it. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Uh, but I do want to mention that because of that, you want to pick carefully who you listen to. Uh, like I said, particularly if you're in the religious camp, you know, you 
you're a churchgoer, you're open to God, you're open to teaching, you want to learn new things, but you need to be really careful today who you listen to and understand that just like in Jesus' day, he said, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees because it's hypocritical, it's hypocrisy. They're not who they say they are. They love money, they love the best seats in the house and the restaurants or whatever, and they love to be seen. They like to be in front of people. And a lot of people in the ministry, that's who they are. They're extroverts that like to be in front of people and like to be the center of attention. And that's going to change their sermon. It's going to change their teaching. Another thing I can tell you about that too is, uh, is uh, churches are in debt, big debt. And what they do is, uh, <laughs> you want to know a secret? <clears throat> so here you go. So you have, a, let's say, a pastor my age, you know, and uh, they want to build a new church, Right. And they want to spend easily um, $20 million, easily, okay, <clears throat> for the new sanctuary and all the education and the kids' play place and all that stuff. Let's just say $20 million. Well, if you're around my age, you're, you know, from 50 up uh, to this, um, then, uh, and you go and you get a loan for $20 million for a 30-year note, well... Oh, you better hope you live to be 100 and you'll still be paying for it. But that's not going to be the case, is it? No, what's going to happen is these, the, they, they get these 30-year notes. Then they get to have the building. They get to be the pastor of the new church, exciting new church building. And, oh, you're the pastor of the new beautiful. Oh, the building is so beautiful. <clears throat> but, but that guy or that gal, they're not going to be around to pay for it. They're going to retire. They're going to get old. They're going to die. And guess who's going to pay for it? Their children and grandchildren or people that don't even go to the church now. They'll come in later, years later, and other people pay for it. But you get to drive around the parking lot if you're the pastor, senior. You get to drive around the parking lot and go, look, at this is my church. And, oh, you're the pastor of that new church. That's your, oh, what, yeah, this is my building. I built this church. Yeah, but you're not going to pay for it. So, I could go do that. I'd love to have a new building, but I love my children too much, and I love my grandchildren too much to, to get a 30-year note on 20 million bucks, and which is low, really. It's easily 30 million, but we'll just say 20. And then I'm going to drive around, and, and everybody's going to know me as the senior pastor of that new, beautiful church building. Oh, you did such a, yes, yes, I did such a good job. And, but I'm not going to pay for it, am I? I, other people are going to pay for it and I get to be the pastor of the new church until I retire, get old, die, whatever. <clears throat> you know, if you're 60 years old and it's a 30 year note, <clears throat> are you going to pastor till you're 90? Uh, I guess so. I guess you could, couldn't you? If you're <laughs> most don't, <laughs> you know, if you're a little older, if you're 65 years old, then you're going to have to pastor till you're 95 to pay that thing off. Okay. So anyway, you get the point. That happens all the time. And so then they get to be the, the big shot in the community with the brand new building that they're not going to have to pay for. Somebody else is. You didn't know that, did you? It happens all the time. Yeah. So that's why it's important to listen uh, to the right people, the people that shoot straight with you. And then if you are going to give your money, <clears throat> give it to those that are telling the truth, that are revealing things, that are going to help you move along and see things, hear things, and know things that you don't hear all the time. I, uh, yesterday, uh, we had a printed brochure type thing, and uh, 
they were showing it to me at the office, you know, church office. They were showing it to me, and it looks really nice, and they're real proud of it and all that. And I'm not going to say what it is, but on the front of it, it had this phrase, and uh, they couldn't understand why I didn't like the phrase. I said, because thousands and thousands and thousands of churches all use that same cozy phrase. And they said, well, that's why we should use it, because then people, you know, they'll try this and that and this and that church, and they'll come and they'll see it that, you know, and I said, ah, that's not really me, though. What I want to do is have something that separates us, that they hear our phrase and they realize, oh, maybe there's something new, something different, uh, something unique, whatever, fresh. So I said, but it's too late. It's already printed. And uh, they said I approved it. I did approve the brochure at one time before it was printed, but I still turned up my nose at the phrase. <laughs> but the reason is, is because you need to know something, okay? Today uh, is very popular to even hear a word that I never heard when I was a kid in, a, in this fashion. And that is today you'll hear the word tribe. We're making a tribe. Are you part of a tribe? Okay. And just to show, you know, my age a little bit and maybe yours too, that was always, you know, Native Americans belong to a tribe, but I never used the word about my family or friends or anything, but it's used now, right? You're part of a tribe. And then on top of that, then a word that we hear all the time, especially in the church world, is the word community, community. And uh, how much people need community, how much they need to uh, have a tribe, they need to have the feeling that they're a part of something, and it goes on and on and on. Well, the reason it's important is because it shows the symptoms of who we are, how we feel, how we feel about ourselves. We're an insecure, uh, we need to constantly have affirmation. And I say we, I'm not even talking about myself, I'm just generalizing, throwing myself in the general population and of church people, non-church people, it's about the same. And that's we need constant, as a whole, affirmation that we're loved. You ever notice that? Maybe you felt that way. No matter how many times somebody says, I love you, it doesn't work. It's not enough. You always need somebody. You always need another one. You always need to hear it again. You always need another person. It's not enough. And so we're, we're insecure. We need a lot of affirmation. Um, I didn't grow up with any affirmation just personally. Uh, my personal life and the way things happen. I didn't get any affirmation. I pretty much just went and did what I needed to do. You know, I didn't have a dad. I didn't have money. I didn't have help. Nobody helped me. And I was alone. And I, and you know, I ne it never even, I guess this is the changing of the generations, at least when I grew up, it never even crossed my mind that somebody should help me, that there's somebody out there that I need to go be part of a tribe or a community or anything. It never even crossed my mind. You just go do what you got to do. You know, you work hard and do what you got to do uh, and make it work for you. And um, so that's what I learned to be and do. So nowadays, though, it's different. There's a whole generation that they just, they just say, at least, they're seeking community. They, they're hurting they're needing relationships. They need friends and they need a tribe. And it's, uh, I'm accepting it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying that's who we have become. And uh, so the reason I'm bringing that up, I work in the church world. I work in religion. Uh, it's what I've done with my life. And I've learned a lot of things that not all churches are created equal. Okay. 
but almost all churches will equally use the word community. Now, here's what I want you to learn today, and you got so you can take a pledge and say, I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. I'm going to remember this. Okay. So you, you have to be knowing that churches do fill that place of community, right? But listen, here it is. Raise your right hand. Say, I'll never forget this. Okay. Because you don't go find a church, join a church or become part of a church for the sake of community. God never created a church for community all right now you can find community there i hope you do we have it at our church we have community friends relationships people do stuff together uh home groups we have we have all that we have community right but when i um drive onto that parking lot or i drive by another church and see their building and their parking lot i realize we're different we're different. I'm different. And our church is different. And I want it to be different. Okay. I drove by a church yesterday or day before. I remember driving by it. It's a, I know the people, nice building. They're, they're some miles away from us, but I know who they are. They're nice people. They're really trying to do a good job and they advertise good stuff about community and come find community. And, and people are searching for that. That's good. But that's not why you find a church. Okay. And so when I went by, I saw their banner, they had some banners out and stuff. And I thought, okay, that's good. But <clears throat> I realized that they're tapping into the need for community to build a church, uh, congregation. So they're knowing the need people need community and they're using the need for community to build their church <laughs> and congregation and grow. And you say, what's wrong with that? Nothing, sort of, <laughs> sort of nothing. But because we need community. But okay, it's taking advantage of people's weaknesses. Okay, it's taking home groups, community groups, all that tribe, all that stuff. Churches need to do that. But they need to do first and foremost why God created the thing called church, why Jesus has a church. All right. And, uh, you know, so a church is a great place to have community, but it's supposed to be a place where you connect with God, not with people. Did you hear me? You got to remember that your whole life because you're going to find thousands and thousands of churches that are almost all the same. Okay. <clears throat> and they're the same because they're doing the same thing. They're building your need or our need or the, or the nation's need, whatever, generation's need, whatever. They're building and using community to tap into the hurts, the fears, the loneliness, the needs. Okay, is that wrong or right? You can decide for yourself because people do have that need, okay? But you fulfill the need that they're trying to fulfill, not by tapping in to those hurts or those fears, but by allowing them, teaching them how to tap in to the spirit of God, the presence of God, how to connect with God. Because if you get a good connection to God, you're not going to have those feelings, fearful, insecurity, Somebody tell me I'm good. Somebody tell me I'm worthwhile. Somebody let me know that I'm loved. All, all those things that are going through the loneliness that's in our world today, our nation, is real, real. But 
we're going about it wrong. So if we, if we go to the thousands and thousands and thousands of churches that are using community to, to try to reach people, it's wrong because that's not what a church is. You use the Spirit of God and let them connect with God. Then after that, can we have community? Absolutely. We have a community of people that have the same desire to stay connected to each other because we're all connected to God, and that's our goal. We want to have God in our life. We want to have God in our life. We want to have a relationship with the creator of the universe, right? We want that. And so because we want that, that builds a community automatically for us. But it's the right reason. So I drove by a church, and it's a good church. A church is, but this particular one I know about. And it's good. And, you know, they say everything right and, you know, like that. But the root of it is you're going to go there, and you're going to meet people but you're not necessarily going to meet God. And they're going to tell you that God's there. They're going to tell you God's there. They're going to tell you the phrases like God's in the house and things like that. But let's be realistic about it. Okay, so you got a building. You got several hundred people in there. You got great music, talented people, a great speaker, and all that kind of stuff, all right? And then you get up and you sing a great song. And then you, God's in the house, you know, God's here among us, or the Spirit of the Lord is, a, is here, whatever. Okay, sounds good, doesn't it? But here's the problem. Are you going to really sell the idea to yourself even that the creator of the universe is in attendance in that building and there's no sign of him in attendance anywhere? Great music, great people, great friends, maybe great food, great coffee, whatever, great donuts, Everything's great. Great children's. We got a great children's program. You'll hear. Okay, great. That's good. But does God really attend? Because if God attends, shouldn't there be some evidence that God attends your church or that church or whatever? And what we have now today is we have evidence of community. Great children's ministries, probably better than we've ever had. We've got better music in churches than we've ever had. Great musicians, great songwriters, great speakers, great orators, you know. Uh, But then you go, and when you leave, you leave inspired to keep going, make friends, go to a home group, go to your fellowship, go to your tribe, enjoy the community, right? But you can go away and never really connect with God. If you really connect with God, it's going to change your life. I tell people, you know, one, one second in the presence of the living God, just a, just a split second, can change you forever or change your outlook. Though, you know, the world may not change, but it looks different, and you're enjoying it more, <clears throat> and you're involved in it more. So um, it happened to, you know, a guy named Saul in the Bible who was actually a pretty rotten guy. He... Uh, you know, he, he persecuted Christians, threw them into prison. He actually approved of them being killed. He didn't actually put his hands on them and kill them, but he, he set it up and approved of their deaths in prison and around town. Uh, this is the guy, and he's walking on his way to throw some Christians in prison on a particular road, and God comes to him. A flash of light, it's so bright it blinds him for a while, and, and down he goes, and... Uh, he hears a voice, and all this is, uh, he tells the story because he changes his name to Paul. If you don't know who Saul is, he changes his name to Paul. 
um, because he's different. Anyway, he tells it three times in the Bible what happened to him, and it takes longer to read, it's the little passage, than it does how fast it happened. Because, you know, bang. And he's, he said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, who you're persecuting, and I'll tell you what to do, and it's done. How fast did that happen? Bang. And it changed him forever. And so what you're, you, I'm saying you, okay, I'm talking like you're with me on this, but you, them, they, us, whatever, okay? What people are looking for is that. Now, they may not see a flash of light and be knocked to the ground or anything not that dramatic, but the results of it is a God connection is what our culture is needing And what we're doing is we're substituting it as church. Thousands and thousands and thousands of churches are substituting uh, the the community with God for the community with people and trying to make us feel better. Problem, people are not feeling better. They go, they feel better a little bit while they're there. It's inspirational. You're told it's going to be okay. Keep trying, keep going. Um, But, you know, the kingdom of God with God is not just trying to do better. This is not about you trying to do better. You will do better, but it's not you trying to do better. It's about things, God things happening that change you. So you're not trying to do better. You are better. You feel better. You look at the world better, you know, and the list goes on. So uh, there's pick a church out there. I can probably almost tell you exactly what it's going to be. It's going to have a great emphasis on community, like I said, and getting together and in church and outside of church. And, and the, but the church service itself is very streamlined. You're going to go. They're going to do um, a wonderful opening, maybe a video showing how great the church is, little opening. They're going to do 20 minutes maybe of maybe fantastic music, 20 minutes, but then they'll stop it. And then they'll have announcements or offering or whatever. And you'll have a sermonette, I call it. Um, and you'll be, and it's done in an hour. About, about an hour and you're done. And that's it. And so there's, you pick a church. You know, I really like that church. I really like that building. Maybe we talked about buildings. I really like that building. I like that church. I like those people. I like that pastor. Wonderful. Good. That's not why you go, though. You don't go because you like the pastor or you like the music. It's all good. I hope it's good. Uh, Or you like the people or you like the coffee and donuts or whatever. Or you like the children's ministry. Oh, my kids love it. You know, okay. But are they, you, any of us, walking away with life-changing God connections? And that's what I drove by that church. And I thought, you know, you got so many great things going on there. But I'm empty about, when I think about what they're doing, it empties me of it. I don't feel full. I feel empty because I think when I go into our parking lot, I want God connection. I want God to attend my church, our church. And I want him to have some visibility, right? Have some manifestations that God really is there. If I say God's in the house, somebody's got to have, I mean, something's got to change. If we say the creator of the universe attends our church, shouldn't there be some creation of God, some recreation? Shouldn't there be something bigger than friendship, community, a good speaker, good music, good fellowship, good food, 
good children's ministry, our kids are happy, good nursery, whatever. And those are all good. They got a beautiful parking lot and, you know, and they're friendly and all the good things that it's there that are important because I want to do, I want to be, I want to have a friendly church too, you know, and I'd love to have one of those buildings, by the way, if you're so uh, moved to buy us one. But, but that's, I, that's not what's important to me. I personally go to church because church is the place where common people meet an uncommon God and connect through the power of the Holy Spirit to the creator of the universe, right? And come away changing, if you don't change instantly, but it's transforming. It says by the renewing of your mind, you'll be transformed. That God begins to change the way you think about things. And it changes and transforms you. And the world, like I said, it might get better. It might get worse. Things might not always go your way. But everything's different because you're different. The world looks different because your eyes and ears, mouth, heart have been changed and transformed. And things are different now about you. And you're better for it. And other people will notice. Your relationships will get better. You become a better mom, better dad, better person. Uh, better worker, everything gets better because you, you, you change the way you think because you're not like everybody else that's just desperate, they're hurting and desperate and lonely and, and they got to go on the internet and they got to go on Facebook, they got to go on Twitter or, or some social media and they've got to give, they've got to tell their feelings and then they got to meet with a friend so they can talk about their feelings and uh, then um, maybe they'll get prayer at church, but th- what are they praying about? Their feelings. And so th- that's my speech for today. Out of just love and compassion for people is not all churches are created equal. Most of them are the same. So that little phrase that was on our thing was okay. Our little brochure thing was okay, but it threw us in with everybody else that's just going through the religious motions but they're actually building a congregation based on people relationships and not god relationships so that's my speech for today i want you to find a church that you come away and say you know what there's something of god in this place and not just you felt it like they sang amazing grace or Jesus loves me, and you go, oh, I felt that, you know, or if it's Christmas, it's silent night, right, and uh, oh, I felt something, okay, 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 but look around at the people, are, is everybody getting a God thing, this is a God place, and, and I, and I'll get it, because I know these are ordinary people, they're getting something, I can tell it's something here in, in the room, a God thing, but it's in the people, a God thing is in the people, it's not just they're nice people. It's not just community. It's not we just go to their house and have a meal and talk and, I, oh, it's so good to have great friends and then we go play volleyball or pickleball or whatever, right, Zion? My host is here. My producer host is here with me. Uh, he played pickleball yesterday, I think, or the day before or sometime. Oh, no, you golfed yesterday. I don't know what you did, but anyway. And so you go do with your friends. And it was with church friends, you know. And, okay, that's great, but... Uh, I don't want Zion to come to church to go meet friends. He's married now, but maybe he came looking for girls one time or girls looking for guys or whatever, you know. Uh, I want you to come to my church, support it. You can get it online, uh, Revive Church KC, isn't it? Is it Revive KC Church? But anyway, it's uh, KC, Kansas City. 
uh, make sure you get to the right. There's other churches in the world called Revive, Revive KC. Uh, you can get it on YouTube. You can get it, you know, uh, on our app. Uh, there's an app for Revive Church. Anyway, and, and you can, if you live someplace else, you can watch it and, and see the difference and feel the difference. Okay? And that's what we want for you. And through this broadcast, listen to all of them. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to talk uh, next time. I'm going to talk about what was one of the biggest life-changing obstacles that I had. A, I was afraid to admit, and I'm going to tell you about that and um, help you get over some of your humps and some of the things you need to do. But just today, just an honest talk about churches. Find one. It uh, doesn't have to be ours, obviously, especially if you don't live in Kansas City. But if you do, consider uh, one where you say, friends are great. Community's great. I'm friends with the pastor. I have a lot, you know, all that stuff is great. But you know, those are the things the Bible says. Sometimes you have to leave those things behind, right? Sometimes you have to leave, uh, those cause Jesus said that about his own. He says, Here, these are my mother and brothers. Those that hear the word of God and do it. Oh, well, that's different then. You just can't have just everybody in your friends and your tribe. Okay, that's my speech today. I'm so glad you just let me share. Go to morefaithmorelife.com. I haven't looked at it for a while, but I think you can make a donation. And just keep this thing going. Keep it going. Show your support. And anything else you see there, there's products and things we can talk about at another time. Go to morefaithmorelife.com. Learn more and uh, become a listener all the time to this podcast and And I think it's going to change your life because you're going to hear things like we talked about today that you may not hear anyplace else. Thanks for listening today. Till next time. Bye-bye.